Well, hi, everybody, and welcome to the stream of New Life Church Crawley. For us here who are physically present, things are a little bit different for us today with a barbecue weekend in, in the bank holiday, but we're really pleased that you've been able to join us in this pre-recording of a message. If I can just encourage you about some things and keep you informed about what's happening coming up soon. Firstly, if you didn't already know it, you can subscribe to our YouTube channel and that will keep you updated as we go live and do the live stream every week. Uh, so we'd encourage you to do that. You should see some of the details come up on screen for you now. We'd also encourage you to think of having a look at our website. We have a lot of resources uh, such as media, uh, downloads of the messages. Usually there's PDFs off on there uh, and you can trace back the, over the last couple of the years and, and download resources and see the things we're, we're covering as we seek to be fully devoted followers of the Lord Jesus Christ. So head on over to our website and have a look and see what's of interest to you there. I also want to highlight one other thing that's coming up beginning on September the 10th, and that's our new series called Life's Healing Choices. Now, if we're honest, sometimes life sucks. <laughs> sometimes it's, it's just difficult, and the message I'm going to share today will help you stand in those difficult times. But sometimes life sucks. But we do have choices. We do have opportunities where we can respond with the right attitude and so in that series, we're going to cover some of those attitudes uh, that are needed, uh, taken from the words of Jesus. And we want to encourage you to be part of that. You can do that online, of course, on our YouTube channel. But we'd love to see you if you're able to physically present in the building uh, and joining with us face to face. So thank you very much for that. And God bless you as you engage with us. I'm just going to pray as we begin to look at God's message. If, if you are safe to do so, why don't you bow your head? Uh, why don't you invite God the Holy Spirit to, to make a, his word come alive and real to you as we do that? Because we believe in New Life Church Crawley that it's about encountering God, that it's about transformation, that our preaching isn't simply for information. So why don't you invite God to do that if it's safe for you to do so? So Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the truth it brings into our lives. And Holy Spirit, we pray that you would help us engage with it. You'd help us submit our lives to your authority, that we can learn and grow and become more like Jesus as we do this. Bless those who are watching. Bless those who are listening. Pray that you would work in their lives, that the kingdom of God would be demonstrated even today. In Jesus' name. I remember one of the, the things that my kids used to love was, was watching in those days videos. And one of the, their favorite was a little program called Tin Soldier. And one of those phrases, for some reason, just seemed to stick out for, for me. And in it, the, the soldier was told by its commanding officer, hold that position. And that idea of standing firm in the military ages is, is something that we're aware of in our current environment as we record this in 2023 with the war that's been ongoing in Ukraine. We see soldiers having to stand firm and hold their position. 
over the years, I've also had to stand firm and hold at times. And one of those areas has been moving house or, as has often happened, friends encouraging me, inviting them to help them move house, moving wardrobes and beds and mattresses and all the, the things that we accumulate. And sometimes if you've been coming down the stairs, your friend will say, just hold that, stand there, stay there, just while I get a better grip. So we know that in, in all of areas of life, there are times where we simply have to stand firm, we have to stand our ground. This is also true for us spiritually, and there's a number of times in the Bible where we're told we should stand firm. The first of these is found in 1 Peter chapter 5, and Paul's writing to a church who are facing a lot of persecution. It's around the, the famous time of, of Nero. They're persecuting the church, and people are, are humiliated. People are sometimes in hiding. It's a challenging time for people who are followers of Christ. Some of them have been thrown to lions. Some of them have been set on fire. You can imagine how difficult that would be and the church responding to that. And Peter writes and he tells them to stand firm. First Peter chapter 5, verse 12, this is what he says. I've written to you briefly, encouraging you and testifying that this is the true grace of God. Stand fast in it. I think that's not only an encouragement to the early church facing very real and difficult persecution, but that's also relevant to the church in this modern day and age. You may not be aware, but in the last hundred years, there have been more Christian martyrs than in the previous 2000. It's not getting any easier to be a follower of Jesus Christ, and Jesus himself predicted that that would be the case. People will think they're doing God a favor when they bring you before the courts or when they execute you. And so even in our modern age, this word is really relevant for us, and maybe it's relevant for you today. Stand firm, stand fast in God's grace. That's all you can do. This is the truth. And some of you may be tempted to give up. Maybe it's been a hard season. Maybe it's your family. Maybe it's those closest to you who don't understand your commitment to follow Christ. Maybe it's your workmates. Maybe it's people in school. Maybe it's people in college. It could be a whole variety of things. But maybe this is a season where you have to stand fast in understanding that it's the grace of God. Can I encourage you to do that? The book of Hebrews says, don't throw away your confidence because it will be richly rewarded. It's easy to have a short-term view of things. It's easy to give in when the going gets tough. But actually, God encourages us to have an eternal perspective. One writer says that these, eter these things are working for us an eternal glory. So folks, I want to encourage you, don't give up. Stand fast in the true grace of God because that's actually what the gospel is about. Paul, another early church leader, writes to one church and he says this, Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 to 10. For it is by grace that you have been saved through faith. And this is not of yourself, it's a gift of God, not by works so that no one can boast. We can't boast before God. So what we're holding fast to, what we're holding firm to, is the fact that our salvation itself is a gift from God. That blows my mind. 
That really impacts me to think that there's nothing I can do to earn God's love. There's nothing I can justify myself with. There's nothing I can come to God and say, this is good enough for you. But we don't have to. Salvation, forgiveness of sins, the inbreaking of God's kingdom is a gift from God. So stand fast and stand fast in the true grace of God. That's the beginning of our experience and sometimes it's what we need to continue in. The same writer Paul writes to another church. And this is what he says in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 58. He's told them about death. He's told them the fact that death has been conquered, even though it's still a present reality. Jesus' death and resurrection means that, that we have a hope for the future, that the sting of death has been taken out in its eternal consequence. Jesus has overcome he says, therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. Maybe some of you need to hear that today. Maybe you've been really working hard. Maybe you've been serving God faithfully and, and you've been disappointed with the results. Maybe you've been disappointed by other people. Maybe even God hasn't worked out in a way that you had hoped. Maybe your life has taken a turn that you think, is this really worth it? Do you know you're not the only person to struggle with disappointments, even disappointments with God? You're not the only person to be angry with God over his work. But one prime example of that is in the, recorded in the Gospel of Matthew, Matthew chapter 12. I'm sorry, Matthew chapter 11, and, and John the Baptist sends two of his followers to Jesus and says, even though I, I proclaimed you as the Messiah, even though I proclaimed you as the one of, to come, I'm sitting here in prison, Jesus. You haven't come to rescue me. You haven't come to release me. Is this really the kingdom of God coming? Is this really what should be happening? Or should we expect someone else? And Jesus' answer is recorded for us. And I want to play a, a little clip for you that's taken from The Chosen. It's something you can watch online. You can also download the app. And it's a dramatization of the life of Jesus. And in this particular clip that you're going to watch lasts for about eight minutes, Jesus is seen answering this question to John's disciples. So why don't we watch it together? And then we'll come back and move on. Who here has experienced John the Baptizer in some way? I know some of you rejected John. But some of you believed his message. He has had a profound impact on so many in this region. And these are two of his disciples, so let's welcome them. Hmm? Some of you may also know that John is currently imprisoned by Herod in Machaerus. I think it would be instructive for us to hear what's on his mind in the midst of such challenge. It's a difficult question. It might be better privately. It's fine. This is healthy. 
He sent us to ask you if you are really the one who is to come. Or should we look for someone else? Say that last part again. Should we look for someone else? For those of you who could not hear, John the Baptizer, my cousin, who has prepared the way for me, is now questioning if I'm the Messiah or if maybe we should keep waiting. John is getting impatient, yes? It's one of his quirks. He has been in prison a long time. Word reached our ears about what happened in Nazareth. That you said the Spirit of the Lord is upon you to proclaim liberty to the captives. If you say you are here to free prisoners, then why does he remain? He rightfully wonders why you would allow his entire ministry to be halted by an impostered king. Proclaiming liberty to the captives can mean more than just freeing inmates. There are many kinds of captivity that keep people. Is that what we're supposed to tell him? No, that's just for you. We heard our former comrades Andrew and Philip have gone to the Decapolis. Is that where you're planning to launch the revolution to overthrow Rome? I have something in mind for the Decapolis, and it will be revolutionary, but probably not in the way you're thinking. What are we supposed to report back? Go and tell John what you hear and see. The blind receive their sight. The lame walk. The lepers are cleansed. The mute speak. And the poor have the good news preached to them. And blessed is the one who is not offended by me. I will always be offended by blasphemy. As should all of you! You saw what happened to his daughter. You know this isn't blasphemy. I did not see what happened. Your supposed rabbi disrespected me as a holy man. Another sign of his evil spirit. And they also don't know any of the details that happened. He is hiding something. And I cannot stand here and allow you all to be deceived by his sorcery. Even if I'm the only one willing to protect you. Go. Relate to my cousin what you have seen and heard here today. And add to that the dead are raised as well. And tell John I love him. Did my response to the baptizer's disciples sound to any of you like a rebuke? Yes. I can always count on you, Nathaniel. Many of you were baptized by John. I myself was baptized by him. You heard how strong he was, how passionately he believed. And yet now, even he has questions. When you went to the wilderness to see him, did you expect to see a reed shaken by the wind? Someone in fine clothing, like those in king's courts? Or did you go to see a prophet? Prophet! A prophet, yes. And I tell you, John is who Isaiah and Malachi spoke of. What did they say, Big James? Behold, I send my messenger before you 
who will prepare the way before you. Yes, and this should tell you something. Among those born of women, none is greater than John. And even he has questions. Another demon-possessed blasphemer, and you call him great. He called your religious leaders, you and men of God, vipers! Are you going to say something? I think his silence is his response. And here's what's so wonderful, though. None are greater than John here on Earth. In the kingdom of God, the one who is the least is even greater than he. And John himself would say the same. So please, listen carefully. Do not waste the time right now to hear the truth that I have for you. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Yet so many in this generation are missing it. Do not miss it. Those of you who have rejected John's message of repentance, and those who are now rejecting mine, you remind me of the children in the marketplace that play games while the adults are busy. And you know how they pretend to be adults in a wedding or even a funeral. You are like the children who refuse to play. Whether it's a happy game or a sad game, it doesn't matter what it is. And like Aesop's fable, the others say, we played the flute for you and you did not sing. We sang a dirge and you did not weep. You and those in your order say John has a demon because he lived in the wilderness, preaching repentance while refusing bread and drink. And now the Son of Man comes, preaching salvation while eating and drinking and dancing. And I'm called a glutton and a drunkard, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. <laughs> it doesn't matter what is put in front of you. You will reject it. Beware of this. Wisdom means nothing if it's not acted on. Wisdom is justified by all her works. As you see what is happening to those around you, as you see the lives being changed by repentance and salvation, do not ignore the evidence of the kingdom of God. Woe to you if you do not receive it. Uh, pardon, no, I would like to remind everyone um, that Quintus has imposed a limit of 25 people uh, for all outdoor gatherings in the latter part of the day. Um, by my you know, estimate, uh, we will very soon uh, be at risk of detainment. Well, I hope you enjoyed that clip and, and see that what Paul said is the same of what Jesus said. Listen, there is a kingdom work. There is a work that continues. Don't be offended because God doesn't always work according to your individual expectations or to rescue you personally. The kingdom of God is working. He has a mandate. He has a mandate in your life. He has a mandate in my life. He's a mandate for the kingdom of God to break in. Be open to that. 
and ask him, invite him to come and break in in your experience. But there's a third and, and final thing that I want to encourage you about. And that's from Romans chapter 12. Again, the same author, Paul, is writing and he's beginning to tell them what it means to be like as a follower of Jesus Christ. He's told them what salvation looks like. He's told them about God's kingdom plan, God's eternal plan. And then he comes in to chapter 12 and he says, because of what God's done, because of his great mercy to you, offer yourself as a living sacrifice. That will transform your living. Remember, we prayed earlier about transformation. God wants that transformation in our life. Maybe not of our external circumstances, but certainly on the inside. And then he goes on to say, part of that standing firm is standing firm in God's grace. For by the grace given to me, I say to every one of you, verse 3 of Romans 12, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment. In accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. For each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function. So we in Christ, though we are many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given to us. You see, that's why it's so important to stand firm in the grace of God. It's the means of salvation. It's the means of continuing strongly in our faith. But it's also the means of our service. We don't come to God and say, God, I'm so talented. I'm so great. I'm so wonderful. Really, I'm a gift to you. No, actually, we come humbly offering ourselves, offering our talents, offering our resources we sometimes talk about times, treasures, and talents, and we come and we offer all of those to God in humble service because it's according to the grace given to us. We have different gifts. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy. If it's serving, then serve. If it's teaching, then teach. If it's encouraging, give encouragement. If it's giving, give generously. If it's leading, do it diligently. If it's show mercy, do it cheerfully. I want to encourage you to stand firm in your grace for your service. We strongly believe that God has gifted each and every one of us who are followers of Jesus Christ. He's gifted us to serve in a particular way. We have a whole series called Living Beyond Ourselves that you can find on our YouTube channel, Living Beyond Ourselves. And it's a, a series where you can listen to short teaching between 10 and 23 minutes and we can send you some resources where you can follow up and begin to look at your gifts. We also have some other resources that you can get in contact with us. Hello at newlifecrawley.church. That's hello at newlifecrawley.church. And we'd be happy to send you those resources about discovering what your spiritual gifts are and how you can serve. But I, I really want to encourage you, whether you're just thinking about beginning your Christian life it's the grace of God. Whether you need encouragement to stand strong because it's been a difficult or disappointing season for you, or whether you need to stand in the grace of God to serve, can I encourage you to respond to God, to say yes to God, to take the next step? I don't know what your next step will be, but I can encourage you to say yes to God.
What's the most important step? Quite simply, the next one. Whatever that means for you, whether that means to say, do you know what? I've never made that commitment to follow Christ. You can say a simple prayer of commitment that will begin a journey, a simple yes that will begin a series of other yeses to God. We'd love to send you some literature. As you do that, you can simply say sorry, thank you, and please. Sorry that I've lived life my own way. Sorry that I've, at the very least, been self-interested. That I've had my own agenda for my life. Thank you that Jesus died on the cross for me, that he was raised from the dead, that he can give me forgiveness and I can receive his kingdom. And please let your kingdom come into my life. If you've said that or you want to find out more about saying that, then we'll have a slide that will come up that will show you the various ways that that you can do that the various ways that you can get in contact with, with us and we'd love to help you. We are your servants for Christ's sake. So God bless you. We pray that you will experience the inbreaking of God's kingdom, whether you need that physically in your body, whether you need that for emotional healing and making life's healing choices, or whether you need that spiritually to be reconciled to God. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you. May the Lord be gracious towards you and give you his peace. God bless you and we hope to see you soon. Thank you.